morning or good afternoon or good evening whenever you're watching this. This is Resurrection Sunday. We know that Jesus was crucified on Thursday, spent three nights in the heart of the earth in hell, and on early in the morning, on the first day of the week, Sunday. That's why we have church on Sunday. Early in the morning, that's why the disciples met on Sunday. Early in the morning, the first day of the week, he rose from the grave. And I want to pick it up in Mark chapter 16. Again, there's so many things that you can teach on Resurrection Sunday. But the main thing to remember is that he did it all for you. He did it all for me. Everything that he did. And then the Bible says that it was for his pleasure that you were created. He takes pleasure in you. He loves you today. That's the message of Calvary. The message of Calvary is death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus and redemption for us. But I want you to turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 16. I love these verses. In verse 9, it says, When Jesus, now when Jesus had risen early, on Nisan 17, by the way, the, the calendar date, that will become more important to you when we teach on Exodus chapter 12 next Sunday. But he rose up on that Sunday morning, and it says early in the morning, the fourth watch of the night is actually when it happened. He appeared first, very important to note that he appeared first to who? To the leader of the Sanhedrin, to the, the Pharisees and the scribes, to the leaders of the Roman Empire, to Pilate? No. Who, who did he appear first to? This is important. He appeared first to Mary of Magdala, out of whom he had cast seven devils. The first place that he appeared was to a prostitute that had been forgiven. Can you imagine that? Why did he do that? To let you know that you've been, according to Ephesians 1 and verse 6, that when you make Jesus your Lord, you're accepted in the beloved. Your past is over. Hallelujah. So that's good news, right? So it says, and then she went and told, she went and told them everything that she had seen as they mourned and wept. And when they heard her, lots of times you'd be witnessing to people out here and have the same effect. And when they had heard that he was alive and, had, and that he had, she had seen him, they didn't believe her. I think there's more believers out there now than there was a few weeks ago, now that we've been dealing with real life. But okay, so let's read a little further. Verse 12, and then after that, he appeared in another form unto two of them as they walked and went on a trip through the country. I want to pick that up in Luke's gospel because... There's a sequence of events here. The first thing that Jesus did when he rose from the grave was appeared unto a prostitute. And the next thing that he did is went for a, a 10 or an 11 kilometer walk. <laughs> That's very unusual. Luke chapter 24. Yeah, here we are, Luke 24. We'll pick it up, verse 13. It says, Behold, two of them, two disciples, two of the disciples, the same day they went to a village called Emmaus, which was 
three score of furlongs from Jerusalem or 10 or 11 kilometers from Jerusalem. And uh, so what they were doing is they were returning to Emmaus. And it's interesting to note that Emmaus means a state of mind. So here you've got two disciples that, that Jesus was crucified and now they're, they're going home. They obviously didn't believe in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus or they would have been waiting at the tomb. You didn't find a big crowd at the tomb because they thought it was over. They thought their dreams had been crushed. I mean, they left their faith hanging on a cross and they were going home. So it says here, they, the two of them walked and as they talked together in verse 14, all these, they talked about all the things that had happened. So... You know, all their dreams died on a Thursday afternoon at 3 o'clock in the afternoon when he gave up the ghost. Can you imagine you, you're putting your faith, for, who knows, for three and a half years they put their faith in this man, and now he's gone. And so they talked together about the things that happened. Verse 15, it says, And it came to pass after that, while they walked along and talked and communed with one another, and reason things out. Jesus himself drew near unto them. I really like that. But their eyes were held back that they, they didn't recognize him. And he said unto them, What are you talking about? Why are you so sad? And so they were obviously asking the wrong questions. And Jesus was going to come along and ask them questions to steer them to the right direction. But the, the, the th my takeaway from this right off the bat was, you know, he, he saw that they were deserting their call because their dreams had not been fulfilled, because they had an expectation and their expectation was lost. Their hope was gone. You know, who knows? They probably thought maybe this time, this is the guy. This is the guy that's going to free us from the Roman Empire. This is the guy that's going to bring the kingdom of God. And now they're going home crushed because he didn't do it the way they thought he would do it. Okay. So let's just read through it and then we'll come back and look at it. So it said, Jesus walked up and said, why are you so sad? Then one of them, whose name was Cleophas, answered, and maybe it doesn't name the other one. I don't know if it was a husband and wife or, or a pastor and a, and a youth pastor and an associate pastor. But anyway, they were going home. Cleophas answered and said, are you only a stranger here in Jerusalem? Have you not known the things which are come to pass here in these days? He said unto him, them, what things? They said, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, he was a prophet mighty indeed in word before God and all the people. And how the chief priests and the scribes and rulers delivered him to be condemned and crucified and put to death. See, sometimes God will disguise victory and make it look like death. <laughs> Sometimes when your dreams die, it's because he's got new ones for you. You know, so, so when you're... Well, okay, let's go back and take a look at this just a little bit here. You know, the, the, the thing I need, to, need you to know here is they were so close. They were so close to seeing their dreams fulfilled, but they're going home on the third day. Just, again, your quitting point and your breakthrough are in the exact same place, Right? So, um, verse 21, but we trusted that it had been 
that he should have redeemed Israel. And now it's the third day since those things have been done. <sighs> My faith was hung on the cross. Life is so hard. It's over now. We hoped it would be different. And even a, even a certain woman of our company made us astonished when she went early to the sepulcher. And when they had not found his body, she came, they came and told us that they'd seen a vision of angels and that he said he was alive. And a certain of them which went with us to the sepulcher and found it. So the woman said, but we didn't see him. And so they, because they couldn't see him, they didn't recognize they couldn't see him and they didn't realize that he joined with them in their walk home. You know, sometimes we give up hope and hope is right beside us. Hope joins right with us. This is the thing you need to know about Jesus. When he said, I will never leave you, never fail you, never forsake you. Here are these two men or maybe a husband and wife. I'm not sure. It doesn't name who the second one is. And they are so discouraged. Jesus said, why are you so sad? They were totally depressed because their dreams didn't come true or God didn't do things the way that, he, that they thought he should. I have a perfect example in my own life. Back in May of 2019, we were going to buy Faith Baptist Church in Sackville. It, it was a beautiful building. We had meetings with the owners, the Baptist Association, and uh, wow, we, we were excited about that move. But what happened was the deal fell through and we ended up in this building. This building was not a, in very good shape and it still needs a lot of work. But what we didn't know was that the people that own the building, another church owns the building. They have their own building across the street, New Beginnings Church. They had purchased this building and they were, they were struggling. A boiler, a boiler broke uh, and flooded the building out. They couldn't afford the heat and the lights and all the things that they were doing. And so the building was being, you know, was deteriorating fast. And then we came along needing the place. And so we moved in and did thousands and thousands of dollars worth of renovations in here just to get to where we are now. And it, it looked, what looked like to us was God didn't answer our prayers. He used us to answer somebody else's prayers. He used us to answer the prayers of New Beginnings Church. And so he had a purpose and a plan, and it wasn't ours. And so when we first moved in here, we were discouraged. But then I watched. I watched a team of people put things together and buy the new cameras and get us so that we can do this live stream properly and all the good things that happened as a result of that. So you can't go by what it looks like in the natural. You need to know Romans 8.28 is reality. All things work together for your good when you're called according to the Lord. And so you just, so these guys were walking home. If they had a state in Jerusalem, they would, they would have met the resurrected Lord Jesus and been celebrating. They didn't understand what his kingdom looked like. They thought it was a physical thing. But Romans 14, 17 says, my kingdom is not a natural thing or a ritual thing. It's righteousness. I'm going to make you right with me. 
And when you know that you're right with me, you're going to have great peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. And Peter said, it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. Even in the middle of a pandemic, I've got joy unspeakable and full of glory. People keep asking me, how are you doing? I said, I'm 100%. I've never been doing better than I was before ever, ever in my life. And then I'm looking, myself and Pastor Paul, we tickle one another. I'll tell you right now, we're just giggling because we, if we had to purchase that new church... We went and spent our money on the renovations, and now we'd have been sitting there sweating bullets, wondering how we're going to pay the credit cards. Instead, we're in here going, ha, 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 God is so good. He delivered us before it happened. We, we couldn't have thought that out. We couldn't have figured those things out. God blessed us. This congregation is blessed. Hallelujah. In the middle of a storm, we're asleep in the back of the boat. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We're able to help others because, of, because of, of the position that God put us in that did not make sense. We could have gotten all bummed out last May. Oh, God, why did you let this happen? But we didn't. Are you saying that you're super spiritual? No, I'm saying I did it right this time. <laughs> It feels so good when you get it right. You say, thank you, Jesus, in the middle of something that doesn't make sense. This is what these guys need to do. Okay, let's read on. No, but they quit when they were close. Jesus stepped right into their lives, right into the middle of their lives. They were looking for hope, and hope was walking right alongside of them. (laughs) He's walking with you even when you don't recognize him. Say amen to that. All right. Okay, let's read on here. So again, verse 21, we trusted that he was going to do things our way. They didn't understand that victory a lots of times look like, looks like death. And it does. You know, again, that's, that's what Paul was talking about in Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. There is a death required in your life. Matter of fact, <laughs> matter of fact, you know, <laughs> we should have a death service at New Covenant Ministries Church. Hey, y'all, come on out here and die so that you can live. So that you can live. So you don't have to live in fear and hide under your bed when things like this happen. That you can step out in faith and say, God is for me who can be against me. So that you can declare Psalm 91 with confidence. A thousand may fall at my side, ten thousand at my right hand. It's not coming near me. I say with my mouth, the Lord is my refuge. The Lord is my fortress. He's my God in whom I trust. I sure don't trust the media. I don't believe half of what they say. Three quarters of what they say. I don't believe them at all. I don't even listen. Hallelujah. I don't even know what the rules are for this pandemic because I refuse to listen to the no. Okay. Okay. Get off that horse. Okay. Let's get back here. (laughs) Verse 25. Then Jesus said unto them, (laughs) I liked it. You bunch of fools. (laughs) Slow of heart. How is it that you didn't believe the prophets, what the prophets had spoken? Again, it doesn't matter what's going on in the world. This is the truth. There may be facts that don't line up with this, but my Bible says that the facts will line up with the truth. This, this is, if you're listening, if you're under the sound of my voice, this is your reality. It's not false media or other places. And it's not Donald Trump or Justin Trudeau or anybody else is going to fix your problems. Hallelujah. We have a higher source than that. These guys can't figure it out. 
It's worldwide. Who's going to come up with an answer? The Antichrist is coming along one of these days with an answer, but that won't last long. Read about him. (laughs) Don't waste your time. Okay. And so it says, beginning from Moses and the prophets, he expounded all of the things concerning himself. Again, this is John 8, 31 and 32. If you'll continue in my word, you'll be my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. If, if you're not free, then you don't know the truth. But that's not a negative thing. If you don't know the truth, here it is. I'm offering it to you right now. If you don't know what's going on, it's all in here. If you want to know, is this the end of the age? Read the book of Revelation. The first three chapters, the church. After chapter three, the church is gone. So if you think the church is going through tribulation, you haven't read your Bible yet. The church disappears at the end of chapter 3, chapter 4, verse 1. He says, come up here, church, and I'll show you what's going to happen next. And then the church doesn't come back until chapter 19, when the one that is faithful and true with eyes of flames of fire are coming back. And the Bible says we're coming back with them. So you, you have hope is walking. Hey, hope was walking right alongside of them. Hope is in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory is Resurrection Sunday. You know, the thing about Resurrection Sunday that we miss is when he rose from the grave, so did we. The reason why it took all the power to raise the dead is because when we raised, when he raised, read your Bible, when he was risen, so were you. That's why he says in Ephesians 2, 6, I've seated you together with me in heavenly places in Christ. You're living a resurrected life right now. You're not ever going to die. You might change form, but you're not going to die. Okay. And when they drew near the village, now this is, this is, so impresses me though. Gee, what, what would you do if you were, came back from the dead? You'd have thought he'd have went and showed the crowds at Rome and he, that he'd have gone into Jerusalem and showed everybody and everything. No, he went after two disciples that were going in the wrong direction. Hallelujah. Doesn't that float your boat? Knowing that even when you're going the wrong way, hope is going to join up with you, even though you don't recognize them. Mm. And so it says, when, verse 28, they drew near the village. And by the way, the village, am, 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 Emmaus means state of mind or mindset. So really they're returning to the, even though they had been discipled for three and a half years, they're going back to the way that they used to think. Just like Peter at the end of it all, he said, I'm going fishing. And the disciples said, yeah, we're going too." like, how do you, how do you walk with Jesus for three and a half years and backslide? I know a lot of you out there that are watching right now that could answer that question for me. Okay. They drew near the village where they lived, and he made as though he would have gone further. They came to a fork in the road. Maybe you're in one right now. You can keep going back. You can keep backsliding. You can keep going back to where you were, one step at a time, traveling back to your old way of life, or you can do what they did. They came to the fork of the road, but they constrained him and said, please stay with us. It's almost evening and the day is far spent. And when it says they constrained him, you need to read that in the Greek. It was like, it was like aggressive. It was like, we're not going to let you go. 
You've got the words of life. We're not going to let you move from here. So they constrained him. Look it up for yourself and then do the same thing to Jesus. Treat him the same way. He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Grab a hold of him today. Say, you're not leaving me. <laughs> now that you've revealed all that scripture to me, I want to hear more. I'm not, I'm not satisfied. And so he said, please. So they kept him over there in verse 30. And it came to pass as he sat at meat with them, he took the bread and blessed it and broke it, just like we did in communion on Friday took the bread and broke it and but the manner that he did it is when they recognized him look at this in verse 31 and their eyes were opened and they knew him and then he vanished out of their sight <laughs> after walking 11 kilometers with them in in the most important day of his life raising from the dead he took the time to walk 11 miles with two people. Think, or 11 kilometers with two people. Think about that. Think about what he'll do for you. Hallelujah. He's walking with you right now and in you right now. But I like the next part of this. Verse 32. They said to one another, they didn't say, whoops, where did he go? No, something greater had gripped them. It was his words. Look at this. Look at this. Did not our hearts burn within us as he talked with us, by the way, as he opened unto us the scriptures? That's the way I get. That's the way I get still. And I've been saved for a lot of years. I still, I still get jacked up when I hear the word of God. I'm like Luke 5 and verse 1. It says they pressed in in Luke 5. Jesus was preaching from Peter's boat and it says they pressed to hear the word of God. I'm not bored with it. I hope you're not bored with it. Every time I hear it, it pumps me up. Every time I read that the just shall live by faith, I get out of my head and get over into the spirit. You, you got to work. To, you know, create an appetite. I bought a smoker about a year ago. Started smoking food. I have created an appetite for smoked food. Hallelujah. So, but, I, but it took my effort to do that. I had to go buy it. Then I had to go learn how to use it. And once I, but I created. How do I create an appetite with this? Open it up every day. Begin to read it every day and ask for wisdom and revelation knowledge. Amen. Yeah. I like the next verse. And they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the 11 gathered together. Say, and look at this. And they gathered with them and said, the Lord, you can say this with me. The Lord is risen indeed. The Lord is risen indeed. Okay, just one more, one more uh, uh, scripture. Uh, John chapter 20. You need to celebrate today. I don't, and stop, stop listening to the media. Stop listening to all of the different reports on Facebook. Stop it. It's all it does is promote fear. There is no fear in love. Love casts out fear. God is love. What's he saying? If you'll get into my word, my word will drive that fear out of your life. I haven't given you a spirit of fear, but one of power, one of love and of a sound mind. See, if you're not operating in power and love and a sound mind, you've been listening to the wrong voices. Amen. Okay. Uh, John 20, 20, 20, 20 vision again, John 20, 20. <laughs> 
And when he, and when they, when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then, the, then were the disciples glad, and they saw the Lord. This verse right here is Romans ten nine and ten. This is when they got. This is when the disciples got born again. Right here, this verse. They they heard about it. Come on, they 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 knew that he was risen, and they they knew that he was risen. And that right here in this verse, they confessed him as Lord. That's Romans ten nine and ten. I believe that you rose from the dead, and I confess you as my Lord and Savior. What happens after that? Next verse. <laughs> the first thing that ought to happen to you when you're born again is look at this: peace unto you. Peace. Peace. Peace, calm, peace. Peace be unto you. As my Father has sent me, I've got a job for you. I'm sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Ghost. And we've looked at this scripture lots of times. It's the word emphuseo when he breathed. It means to fill a balloon. Like back in Genesis chapter 2 when the Bible says that he breathed into Adam and Eve and breathed into them the breath, breath of life. This is... Born again experience right here. When you got born again, he breathed new life into you. Come on, Corinthians 4, 5, 17, if any man be in Christ, he's a, what? A new creation. All things have passed away. And in the spirit realm, all things have become new. But let's read on that here and we'll close it in a minute here. But again, he also said in Luke 24, 49, now that you've got the Holy Ghost in you, tarry in Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. Enduo means to be clothed upon. So he said, I'm going to put the Spirit in you, and I'm going to clothe him upon you, and you receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you to be witnesses unto me, right? So, so uh, that'll help your theology. But let's read on here. He said, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Ghost. In verse 23, Whosoever, look at this. Whosoever sins you remit, they'll be remitted. And whosoever they retain, they'll be retained. I don't know how anybody could explain that other than Revelation 1, 5 or Peter 2, 9. You're a royal priesthood, a chosen generation. You're priests and kings unto your God. When he said that, what he was saying there, whosoever sins you remit, they'll be remitted. Whoever you retain, they retain. What he was saying is, you're in the God class. <laughs> you were lost. You, 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 and once you got born again, come on, a dog has a puppy. A frog has another frog. I mean, like, God, God has sons. What are they? They're sons of God. The son of God is, is God, little g, but still God. And so he did all that. When he, you got born again, he put you in the God class. And like he said back in Luke's gospel to the guys that the road to Emmaus, they said, truly, he has risen indeed. Hallelujah. God bless you. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.